you have your Bible this morning, look with me in John chapter 8. John chapter 8. It's been good to be in the Lord's house this morning. And I want to thank all these for allowing God to use them in the way they have today. I do want to say before we get going this morning, uh, something the Lord's been doing in our midst. And we've been, uh, two months ago we voted to build a new sanctuary. And uh, we had 100% the church together on this. Uh, what kind of prompted that uh, that decision and that move is the, the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Brother Jack White, or excuse me, Jack, what's his name? Shell. There is a Jack White. I'm thinking of somebody else. Jack Shell approached us about the land, donated about four acres to us. Uh, God's just working it out. It's been amazing to see God work in this. Uh, we voted to build this building. Everybody has been together. Myself and Brother Jimmy kind of made a plea uh, about giving to this. And uh, it's been amazing the last two months how the offerings have been up, uh, how God is blessing this financially already. Uh, we voted Sunday night unanimous for Ward Rab to be our contractor. And uh, it's amazing in this, uh, Ward Rab came and talked to our building committee. He goes to Shady Grove up in Monticello, has a big construction company. And uh, we talked to him, and he said that uh, if we asked him to do it, he would still have to pray about it and to see if this was God's will for him to help us in this. Now, it's a little different than what you hear from most contractors. And he said if he agreed to do it, that he would waive the contractor's fee and the overhead fee, which is 15 20% of the cost of the building. And uh, we voted Sunday night to hire him. Brother Jimmy talked to him this week, and he's agreed to be our contractor on this building. And uh, we voted unanimous to set a budget for this. Everything is awesome. I mean, everything is going good. The Lord is working it all out. If you can't smile about that, something's wrong. Y'all can smile a little bit this morning. It's all right. It's all right. Say amen. It's all right to get excited about it because God's moving. God is working. God is in this. And every time we turn around, anything and everything we do, God has been there. And to Him be all the honor and glory. And I just can't wait to continue this path and see him work in this. Are you all excited about this project? I am so excited about it, and everybody's getting on board. So I just want to encourage you, let's continue on. Let's continue being faithful in this. And God has blessed it, and God will continue to bless it. Let's stand this morning for the reading of God's Word. John chapter 8. We're going to begin in verse 1. John 8 and verse 1. The Bible said that, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again unto the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they may have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger and wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. 
Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your written word this morning. Lord, I pray that you would give us understanding of it. I pray, Lord, you give us the power to apply it to our hearts and our life today. Lord, I need your power. I need a power from on high this morning, Lord, to preach, not according to me, but according to you, Lord. Lord, I do not want to be seen, but Lord, you need to be seen. Lord, I don't want these people to hear me, but Lord, we need to hear a word from heaven this morning. I pray, Lord, that I'd be filled full of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that we'd allow that Spirit to have free reign in this place, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would convict our hearts. I pray for strong conviction in this place, Lord. I pray for those that are lost that the conviction would be so great that they could not help but to give in to you, Lord, and trust in you this morning, Lord. I pray for every saved child of God here, every man, every woman, every child under my voice, Lord, that knows you as their personal Savior. Lord, I pray for conviction upon their hearts and their souls today. Lord, as your people, may we never lose our conviction. May we never lose that stirring of Your Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, work in this place today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach to you on this subject this morning, some things that should convict us. Some things that should convict us. I want to look in verse 9, and I want to see something here that that just caught my attention. It said in verse 9, And they which heard it, Now, this is the text this morning, being convicted by their own conscience. I am stirred on that subject and that thought today, being convicted by their own conscience. Being convicted by their own conscience. You know, as saved people, there are some things that ought to convict us today. There are some things that ought to stir us up today. There are some things that should grab us and should rattle us, if you will. And I notice as I preach in a lot of places and, and as I see God's people, it is so easy to get in a place and a position where the conviction is not as strong as it used to be. The stir is not what it used to be. The concern is not what it used to be. And it's amazing the longer that you get saved, the more apt it is to live in a condition of spiritual apathy to get to a place where you're not as concerned anymore, where things doesn't bother you anymore. Friend, if you're saved, whether you've been saved a year or 20 years, there are some things as a child of God that ought to convict you. There are some things as a child of God that ought to shake you up and ought to rattle you. If you cannot look, I'll tell you what, as a child of God, if you look and watch the news, you ought to be convicted every day. If that doesn't stir you up, something's wrong. Something is wrong. And as God's people, we need to stay stirred. We need to stay under conviction. And as I look at this passage of Scripture and I think about what's going on here, and I think about the the context of this, and Jesus is in the temple, and there's a woman the Pharisees and scribes bring to Jesus, and this woman is caught in the act of adultery. 
Now, a lot of times we look at the Pharisees and we think, boy, look at what they're doing. And, and we just, we, we don't really see where they're coming from. But according to the law of Moses, these Pharisees was doing exactly what they were taught to do. And all of these years, they were taught to go by the law, and they were to punish by the law, and they were to hold people according to this law. But the problem with that is nobody could live up to that law. Nobody could live up to this. And when Jesus came to this earth, He he didn't come to destroy the law, but He came to fulfill the law. And He's trying to teach the people, now it's not that you live by the law, but now you live by grace. And Jesus came in in the New Testament and He began to teach them a new way and He began to teach them the way of grace. Friend, we ought to amen that this morning because we're saved by grace. If it was according to us and up to us to fulfill the law of God, I would fall short and you would fall short. But by the grace of Jesus Christ, we are here today saved and born again according to His grace, not according to our work. And so they caught this woman in adultery. And they brought this woman in and they said, Jesus, this woman's called in adultery. We need a stoner. We need a punisher. She needs to be punished for her sin. And Jesus began to preach to them and Jesus began to talk to them. And the end result of His message and what He did, it says in verse 9, being convicted by their own conscience. And what Jesus did here that day convicted these, this group of people to the place that they turned around and they walked out and they said, you know what, I'm not going to cast a stone. You know what, I'm not going to condemn her anymore. I'm going to get out of there. It's amazing of people that walked into that place that was so sure that this woman needed to be stoned, but by the time Jesus got done with them, they said, you know what, we're going to get out of here. So what changed them? They got under conviction. They were convicted by their conscience. Now, that word convicted here is only used one time. And this is the only place that we find this word convicted here used in the Bible. And it means to shame, to convince, to show to be wholly wrong. They were convicted. They were persuaded that they were wrong. And that's what conviction is. This is the only time it's used here. There is one other word which is convinced that is real close to the same Greek word and it's used seven times in the Bible. And it talks about how we are convinced of things. These, This group of people, this group of men was convinced that they were wrong. They were brought to shame. They were brought to a place, Jesus brought them to a place where they realized they were wrong. They were convicted of their sin. They were convicted of their actions. Let me tell you something. It's okay to be convicted of your actions. It's okay to be convicted of your decisions. Let me tell you something. Conviction may feel bad. Conviction may not feel good. But may I tell you this morning that conviction is a good thing. Conviction is a good thing. And I know we try to get to a place in our services in this new modern church era and day, we try to get to a place where we avoid the thought, where we avoid the pressure of conviction. But friend, conviction is good. Because conviction drives us to where we need to be. And the Bible said that they were convicted by their own conscience. Now, the word conscience in the Greek here means a knowing within oneself, the being of one's own witness. One man said that a conscience is the effect and result of faith. 
For a man's conscience will never condemn that which he believes to be right and vice versa. You know, a conscience is that part within you that you know right from wrong. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Do y'all have a conscience? All right, about eight of you. That's great. Y'all have a conscience, don't you? It's that part within us that no matter what anybody says, no matter what anybody tries to persuade you of, that part within you that you know that is right or wrong. That is what a conscience is. And as God's people, we are given a conscience. And I praise the Lord for that conscience today. And it is that part within us that tells us what is good and what is evil. It is that part within us that when we are tempted by something, it is that part within us that tells us, you know what, that's bad. You need to stay away from that. You need to get away from that. And that part when we get to a place where we need to do something good, and we need to go help somebody, we need to go witness somebody, and that part within us that says, you need to go. You need to love those people. You need to witness to those people. That's that part within us. That's something the lost world don't have. And this conscience that I'm talking about is something that only a child of God has. And it is something that is based upon two firm foundations. And I want you to notice verse 7. If you're with me, say amen. I want you to notice what he said in verse 7. He said, He that is without sin among you, let him, let him first cast a stone at her. Now I want you to look down in verse 9. And they which heard it, when Jesus spoke, They were convicted. One of the main foundations of our conscience is the Word of God. When Jesus spoke, may I tell you, this was God that was talking. And if it was God that was talking, this meant that they heard the Word of God. And when they heard the Word of God, they got stirred over the Word. The Word of God is a foundation of our conscience. We are taught the Word of God. The Word of God tells us right from wrong. How do you know what evil is? Because the Word of God declares what is evil. As I mentioned to these kids, when I I grew up in church, I was taught all of these stories. I was taught the Bible. I was taught all of these things by my parents, by according to thus saith the Lord. And friend, my friends didn't have to tell me anything. Nobody else had to tell me anything because the Word of God... Uh, and, and the Word of God became a firm foundation of my conscience. I was taught according to this. And every time I was tempted, every time that I was persuaded, I knew within myself the difference between right and wrong. According to thus saith the Lord. You see, my parents taught me this. And no matter how old I got, no matter how far I left God, the conscience of right and wrong was always there. And it was a firm foundation. I hear all the time, Preacher, my kids have left the church. They are not following God, friend. They have that conscience within them from thus saith the Lord. And I am so thankful that my parents were so faithful to make sure that I had that firm foundation within us. Friend, when they heard the Word of God, they got under conviction. And I, I, may I tell you, they got stirred up. The Word of God will stir you. The Word of God will convict you. The Word of God will persuade you. The Word of God is convicting this morning. And I am so glad today that there's power in the Word of God. And I'm glad that when the Word of God was preached to me, that it came in and it cut me like a sword. 
It pierced and it divided asunder the morrow of my heart. I want you to know that the Word of God has led me and guided me. And every day as I walk in my life, I know what is right and I know what's wrong because of that conscience that I have because of the Bible. The Word of God is the foundation of our conscience. Let me tell you something. Every time you're tempted to do wrong, you know what's right because of this right here. And let me tell you another foundation of that. Somebody says, well, the Word don't tell you everything. Well, I'll tell you what, it tells you a lot. And the Word of God will give you direction about almost everything in your life. But where the Word of God can't lead you, I'll promise you the Holy Spirit of God will. I want you to look at this. Notice verse 8. The end of verse 6. But Jesus stooped down... And with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. And then in verse 8, and again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. What is it that he wrote? I don't know. It doesn't matter what he wrote. He said his word, and then whatever he wrote, apparently it grabbed these men. What he said, I don't know. But I promise you, Jesus knew exactly what to say to get their attention. And that was between them and the Lord. It wasn't nobody else's business. Because God was leading them to walk out of that place and leave that woman alone. Well, I wonder what He said. Friend, it doesn't matter. Because God led them to go the other way. Let me tell you something. Where the Word of God won't take you, I promise you, the Spirit of God will. And I want you to know that the firm foundation of our conscience is the Word of God and the Spirit of God. I am so thankful that when I've turned my back against the Lord, When I have left God and I have left His Word, I am so glad His Word didn't leave me and His Spirit didn't leave me. I remember trying to turn my back on God. Man, I try to live like the world. There's still times that I try to do things the way the world does. And that sweet Holy Spirit comes to me and say, No, you're wrong. Josh, you know better than this. Turn away from that. Y'all ever stayed up all night long because you're under conviction? It doesn't feel very good, does it? It doesn't feel very good to stay up these sleepless nights because you want to live life the way you want to. But the Spirit of God won't let you. The Spirit of God grabs a hold of you. And the Spirit of God won't leave you. Friend, don't grieve the Holy Spirit this morning. Don't get upset with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is trying to help you. Conviction is a good thing. And if the Spirit of God is talking to you, would you listen this morning? If the, if the Spirit of God has been stirring you up, would you listen to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God? If the Word is leading you and the Spirit is leading you, then friend, we better be obedient to that. That is the foundation of our conscience. They were convicted. They were convicted by their own conscience. Well, preacher, I don't see it the way you see it. Well, friend, that's where the Bible and the Spirit of God has led me. And I have got to do what the Bible and the Spirit of God has done in my life. And I've got to be obedient to what the Lord has done in my life. Friend, may I tell you, there are some things in our life that we need to have some conviction about. If you are awake, would you say amen? And I want to go through a list of things, and I'm not going to preach them, I'm just going to go through a list. And I want you to think about some things that as God's people ought to stir us up as God's people ought to get us worked up over some things. There's some things as God's people that we ought to get excited about, that we ought to be moved over. Number one, not being saved. 
Now, if you're lost, this is what I'm talking, this is who I'm talking to, is if you're lost. If you are lost today, you ought to be convicted about your lost nature. If you're here today and you've never been saved, you ought to be under conviction that you need to be saved. I am so thankful for those three weeks when that sweet Holy Spirit of God came to me and began to convict me about my lost nature. For three weeks, the Holy Spirit worked on me. He used a man by the name of Glenn Payne to sing a song, We Shall See Jesus, to start that conviction. And for three weeks, the Holy Spirit preached to me and worked on me. You see, the Spirit couldn't enter me because the Spirit of God can't enter a lost man. The things of God to a lost man are foolishness. But what the Spirit of God can do is take the Word of God and use it like a sword and begin to pierce and begin to work and begin to convict. And for three weeks, every message the preacher preached was spot on. I guarantee you, every time I laid my head down on my pillow, I was scared to death to go to sleep. Every time I laid my head down on my pillow, I thought, man, if I go to sleep, I'm going to wake up in hell. I was scared to death. Let me tell you something. If you're lost, you ought to be under conviction about it. And my prayer this morning is the Holy Spirit of God will make you miserable to the place that you will make that decision to give in to Him and be saved today. I'll never forget when that preacher up there holding invitation. And oh, man, I'm thinking, boy, if that, if that preacher would just hush. If they would just shut down the invitation, I could get out of here and I could escape. Friend, you cannot escape the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. And I am so glad that whether I was in church or I was at home or I was at school, that Spirit of God came to me and convicted me to be saved. If you're lost, you need to be under conviction today. If you're lost and you don't know Jesus, you need to be under conviction about your lost nature. And you need to be saved this morning. Number two, something we ought to be that should convict us is a life of sin. Living in sin ought to put us in a place of conviction. Now, child of God, I'm back talking to you. If we are living a life of sin, we ought to be living a life of conviction. If there is sin in your life, it ought to convict you. The Holy Spirit's coming to you tell you you're wrong. The Word of God has told you you're wrong, and it stays on you and stay on you. Let me tell you something, child of God. It ought to stay on you. It ought to bother you if you're living in opposition to the Word of God. It ought to bother you today if you're not being obedient to the Lord. It ought to bother you. If it doesn't bother you, something is wrong. If you can go on and live your life the way you want to, and the Holy Spirit of God doesn't bother you about it, something is wrong. And you might need to be saved this morning. If you live life how you want to, and you well, this is my life. Friend, if you get saved, it's not your life anymore. And you've got to live according to thus saith the Lord, and according to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. I'll never forget a woman come in one time, 30-something years old. A sweet, sweet lady lived a rough, rough life. She said, Preacher, I need to be saved. I said, Well, come on. I showed her the Word of God, and she began to cry. She said, Oh, the Lord will never forgive me. He'll never forgive me. I said, He'll forgive you. She fell down, got saved, called upon the Lord. It was just awesome. I mean, she come in there crying, weeping and wailing and left, shouting and celebrating of the victory that she had in Jesus. Two weeks later, she called me one day. I've already baptized her. Family was getting in church, getting faithful. She said, Preacher, i got a problem. I said, Okay. She said, This weekend we went to the hunting camp. She said, My whole life we've gone to the hunting camp every weekend. She said, I miss church Sunday. 
And all weekend we drank beer. She said, we've, we've done that my whole life. That's all I've ever known to do is go to, go to the hunting camp and drink beer all weekend. She said, preacher, i got a problem. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, man, I, I got that beer. And it hurt. She said, it was bothering me. I've never been bothered about drinking a beer and I got bothered. I said, you know what that is, Crystal? It's called the Spirit of God. She said, I have missed. She said, I've never gone to church. And she said, now that I saved, I skipped Sunday because that's what you do on Sundays. Go to the hunting camp during hunting season. Drink beer all weekend. That's all she ever knew. And she said, preacher, it hurt that I missed church. She said, I'm missing it. What is wrong with me? She said, you're supposed to drink beer on Sunday at the hunting camp. And now something within me is telling me I'm wrong. What is that? I said, Crystal, that is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is coming to you, convicting you about your lifestyle. I said, then you better change it. If the Holy Spirit has got a hold of you, then change it. Change it. Change. Let me tell you something. I have turned my back on God many, many times, but I am so thankful that He never left me. I'm so thankful that He never quit telling me, you're wrong. You're wrong. I had a mom and a daddy that had stayed on their knees for me and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And let me tell you something. I went against their teaching a lot of times. I went against the things of God many, many times. But that Holy Spirit had a hold on me. And that Holy Spirit made me miserable at times because of the life that I was living. If you're living in direct opposition to thus saith the Lord, child of God, you ought to be under conviction about it. May I tell you this morning, would somebody wake up this morning? If you are living in direct opposition to this, you need to get it right. And you ought to be under conviction about it. If you can live life the way you want to and never be stirred up about it, would you check your salvation this morning? Something is wrong. Let me tell you something. Number three, I want you to think about this. Living without the joy of our salvation. You remember when David cried, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. May I tell you, as a child of God, I am so thankful that He give us joy and peace and victory. Aren't you glad for what He gave you when you got saved? How many times, as a child of God, we turn away from that relationship? And all of a sudden, man, one day we're up, we're charging hell with a water gun. And then the next time you know it, we're dragging to get to the church house. I mean, it's just getting bad. And I'm telling you, there's no victory in our life. There's no shout in our life. There's no praise in our life. We, we quit studying the Bible. We quit going to church. Friend, let me tell you something. That ought to bother you. Child of God, if your relationship with God is not right, it ought to bother you. There may not be any big sin in your life. There may not be any big adultery or any big alcoholism or drugs in your life, but friend, if you if your relationship with Jesus isn't right, that's sin. And it ought to bother you. It ought to bother you if you're not talking to Jesus on a daily basis. It ought to stir you up when you miss worship service. It ought to stir you up when you miss things going on at the church house. It ought to stir you up when you don't witness to somebody. It ought to stir within you when you're not walking in the joy of your salvation. When I grew up, you didn't play ball on Sunday, you didn't hunt on Sunday, you didn't fish on Sunday, you didn't do any of that on Sunday. People say, well, 
What'd you do? I went to church. Well, what about between church? We rested. I hated it too. But we rested because that's what you did. Well, you're a free man now, preacher. Take off. I can't. Because that Holy Spirit gets a hold of me. I can't just miss. I can't just quit serving God. I can't just throw my Bible away and say I'm done with it. Because He'll make me miserable. He'll make me miserable. I've been there. I know. I've tried to live my own life. I tried to live a different way and He wouldn't let me. He wouldn't let go of me. And He kept convicting me. Friend, I'll tell you what, if I don't, if I don't go to the worship service, if I don't get to the church house, I'm bothered by that. If I don't get in my Bible on a daily basis, I'm stirred up. If I don't pray like I ought to, I'm miserable that night. I want you to know the Holy Spirit of God will get within us and stir us. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful? Why do we keep on? Because that Holy Spirit of God is leading and guiding and directing. Friend, let me tell you something. You don't need me to tell you what's right and wrong. You already know. If the Spirit of God is telling you you're wrong, then submit to Him. Be obedient to the the call and the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. Number four, our service or the lack thereof. When we don't serve God the way we ought to, it ought to tear us up. It ought to convict us. Let me tell you something. There's times. There's times that I lack as a preacher. There's times that I fail at my duties. There's times that I just get sorry as a preacher. I'll be honest. There's times that I just get sorry as a pastor, as a daddy. There's times that I get sorry as a husband. But let me tell you something. When I'm not doing enough, that sweet Holy Spirit will come to me and begin to stir within me. Stir within me. You know why we get to have a wanna? Because the Holy Spirit of God stirs within people to convict them to get up and go to work. To convict them to go teach the Bible. Let me tell you something. That list for vacation Bible schools out there, the church camp list is out there, those lists ought to be, ought to be slapped full because people are so under conviction to serve God. May I tell you as a child of God, it's okay to want to get up and go to church. It's alright to want to get up and serve the Lord that day. It's okay. Child of God, we need to get stirred up about our service. Let me tell you something. We hold the greatest message in all the world. And we've got to get it out. But we're not going to get it out if we're not stirred about getting it out. We've got to get under conviction. There's been times in my life where the Holy Spirit came to me and said, Josh, you're not doing enough. Oh, Lord. I served you 20 hours this week. I've served you 40 hours this week. You're not doing enough. You say, preacher, you've done enough. No. If God tells me that I'm not doing enough, I'm not doing enough. How many times has He come to you and say, look, you're not doing enough. And you say, God, this is what I've done. Friend, He knows what He's talking about. We've got to listen to Him. Oh, I'm so glad there was an old-fashioned preacher that got stirred up about preaching the gospel. And he preached and preached and preached to the place and the point that I got saved. And I'm so thankful at Hyde Park Missionary Baptist Church in West Monroe, Louisiana, there was a group of people that got under conviction about serving God, that got stirred up every time Bible school and Awan and all that rolled around, Sunday school, all of this. Friend, they were stirred up to the point that they got there and they taught me, thus saith the Lord. And friend, I'm living proof. That it's good when people get under conviction about serving God. Let's find some conviction. 
Let's get on fire. And let's serve our living King. Friend, God is not dead. He is alive. One person, amen that. Jesus is alive. It's alright to get excited. It's alright to get stirred up about wanting to serve Him. It's alright. Friend, let's get stirred this morning. Let's get moved about what we can do for our Savior, Jesus Christ. The last thing, and I'm going to be done. We ought to be under conviction for the salvation of others. It ought to stir us up that our family's dying and going to hell. Men, may I tell you something? It's your responsibility to lead your families to the Lord. It ought to stir you up if your kids aren't saved. Well, I take them to Awana and I drop them off on Wednesday. I'm thankful for that. I'm so glad we have that opportunity. But it's not our main responsibility to make sure your kids know about Jesus. It's yours. Mom and Dad, you ought to be under conviction about making sure your kids know Jesus. It's all right. It's all right to take your kids to church. It's all right to take your kids to Sunday school. Man, take them to Bible school. Take them to Awana. Let them go to church camp. You fill them with the Word of God. You know what? There's going to come a day they're going to get saved. Kaylin's already been saved. I'll never forget the weekend, the week she got saved. She got saved on a Wednesday night. And that the next day I took them to the dentist there in Lufkin, Texas. And we sat there at Chick-fil-A and we prayed. And I said, Connor, you bless the food. And he said, Lord, he said, thank you for saving my sister. He said, I know that I'm still too young. But when I'm ready... When you're ready, I'm ready. And I know I'm next. So, Lord, I'm ready when you are. I'm ready to get saved. And I hear that, and boy, my heart was so blessed. He's not saved yet, but it's coming. It's coming. It ought to stir within this daddy's heart that Connor and Kennedy, they're not there yet, but they're going to get there. And their eternity matters to me. The eternity of your family ought to matter to us. The eternity of your children ought to matter to you. The eternity of your parents ought to matter. What are you willing to do? What are you willing to sacrifice? What if today enough people got under conviction and got stirred up over lost souls that a revival would just break out because people are willing to sacrifice, people are willing to pray, people are willing to lay their life down for their friends and their family just so that they could come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Does it not stir you to think when you go to a funeral that that one that you're at that funeral could be dying in hell? Does it not stir you to think that that friend, that family member could die today and they could live in complete separation of God for all of eternity? Does it not bother you? Friend, if it doesn't bother us, something is wrong. It ought to bother us. It ought to bother us. Some things that ought to convict us. We're going to get ready for an invitation. And I want to say this. I know in church work, it gets hard. It gets depressing sometimes. I know within our own midst, I was talking to Brother Allen the other night, and it seems a couple of weeks after revival, it seems like we've just kind of lost our shout a little bit. It seems like we've just come in here and gone through the motions. And it may just be me. 
But that's the conviction the Lord put on my heart. But I don't want to just go to another service. I don't want to just go through through the routine just because it's Sunday and that's what we do on Sunday. I want to be stirred up. I want to have passion. I want to have joy. Child of God, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you're not going to enjoy it very long. Why do you go fishing all the time? Because you enjoy fishing. You know why we ought to serve the Lord? Because we enjoy serving the Lord. But sometimes we lose that stir. We lose that conviction. May I tell you, it's okay to be under conviction. The Holy Spirit enters this place. I believe the Holy Spirit's here this morning. And it's convicting us. And He may be convicting me in a complete different way. He's convicting you. But whatever the Holy Spirit is convicting you to do this morning, you don't have to make no big public show about it. But in your heart, would you fall down where you are and submit yourself to the leadership of the Holy Spirit? Say, preacher, I don't know why I'm under conviction about this, but I am. Then, friend, you better submit to it. Maybe you're here and you haven't been doing anything for God and you're under conviction about it. There's two or three, four lists out there in the foyer that needs to be full. Friend, there's places right here to serve God. But we got to get stirred. Got to get stirred. Is God's people willing to get stirred this morning? Are we willing as His children to get stirred about lost souls? Would you be stirred about your husband being lost? About your wife being lost? About your kids? About your parents? about your neighbors, would you be stirred? Oh, would somebody get stirred this morning? I'm thankful for the old-fashioned work of the Holy Spirit of God that is in this place right now. Don't grieve it. Child of God, would you submit yourself to me? Lost person, I'll remember that feeling. Be saved today. Be saved today. You're squirming. You're gripping that pew. Oh, that preacher would hush. <laughs> I remember. Oh, I'm so thankful. Oh, I'm so thankful the Holy Ghost got a hold of me and wouldn't let go of me. And said, Josh, I love you and I want to save you. God wants to save you today. Let's be saved right now. Let's stand very quiet, very reverent. Whatever the Holy Spirit is leading in your life, however the Holy Spirit is guiding, however it's convicted, Maybe you need to come for baptism. Maybe you need to join this church. Maybe the Holy Spirit has talked to you, said you need to join that church. Then you need to be obedient this morning. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. These altars are open. Whatever your need is, as she plays, would you come?